Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of our yet-to-be-named podcast. Uh, Leah, Kate, and I had a lot of fun recording this, um, and I hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, I just wanted to let you know that the audio quality on this one is not great, uh, just because I forgot to switch uh, the mic that my recording software was using over to our external mics, so it basically recorded the entire thing through my laptop speaker. Uh, so it kind of sounds like it's taking place in a fishbowl, and our voices will cut in and out every once in a while. Um, but otherwise, I think we had a really fun conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, in the future, the audio quality will be significantly better. Um, thank you guys again. I'm Zach, and we're basically, this is just going to be a movie podcast, um, just talking about movies in general, current, past, past otherwise. Future. <laughs> future, yes. Um, we're still figuring out exactly what we want it to be, um, but we both love movies and we love discussing movies, so we just figured why not record ourselves doing it and possibly let right. Let other people enjoy that. Um, so anyway, uh, we don't have a name for it yet, but we're going to be working on that. Definitely by the time this goes up, it'll have a name. Um, but as of right now, it's just us. Yep. So we're going to be talking about our favorite movies of last year, ones that came out last year, and ones that we just enjoyed and watched last year. So... I think we've compiled, I have a lot of stuff here. I just have list, a list of movies that I watched last well, year. Before I... before we get into our <laughs> movies, I, I didn't know if you wanted to discuss, like, because um, the reason that we wanted to do this is because, obviously, mm -hmm. Oscar season is coming up, mm -hmm. or it's here, and the Oscars, I think, are in about, like, maybe a couple weeks. Yeah, and so, Yeah, and so... Um, I didn't know if you wanted to maybe discuss the Oscars okay. or um, like discuss the Oscars in general or like the nominees this year. Sure. So. There have been good years, I think. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering last or this, this past year what was nominated. Um, One. I can't remember. <laughs> It was. I know. I, the last thing I remember is like Shape of Water. <laughs> Which is why was that was 2018. That was 2018. Last year was. Last year was Green Book. Green Book. Okay. Ooh. Which I still haven't seen. That I don't one. think people liked that one too much. I think. They didn't like that it beat Black Clansman, I think yeah. is what it was. Or at least... We didn't um, watch a lot of the best pictures last year, did we? No. Even we haven't I, watched I any to. this year. I've watched Little Women, not to spoil it, but I've watched Little Women. But other than that, yeah. Um, yeah, and I haven't... I don't know that I've seen... You haven't seen any of them, I know well, for sure. let me... No, let me look. Hang on. Uh... You definitely haven't. I probably haven't. Because <laughs> there's, there's 1917, uh, I mean, we can just say them. There's 1917, Little Women, one called Parasite, there's Jojo Rabbit, which I'm really looking forward to seeing, probably mm -hmm. more than any of the other ones. I've heard 1917 is good, though. Yeah, me too. And then there's, uh, what else? There's The Irishman. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. The Joker. Joker. Which I'm still debating on whether I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do you think about the Oscars in general? Because I have sort of. You don't like. like I, I don't not like them, but I think I've just sort of. My opinion on their necessity has changed, maybe. Like, just yeah. on, in terms of. Um, I guess. Their value. Yeah, I guess it's 
was kind of nervous to begin with because it's just like they I mean people get paid more after they get an Oscar so it's good for them but I mean it was uh, it's good in the sense that like you know I know that it probably good films. yeah and probably as an actor or a director or just any of anybody working in movies I think that it's like a life-changing thing to get nominated and especially to win well, yeah, and it's a big deal just for, it's a big deal for anybody to win an award for something that in their, you know, that they're passionate about. So yeah. I think that, you know, for them, I know it's a, it's still a huge deal um, for a lot of people, but I just think in terms of a viewer, I guess it's just, and this may be just my personality, you know, I tend to, I tend to get a little... I, or I, at least over the past few years, I've gotten a little snobby over, like, the movies, like, what I think is, like, oh, what's considered, like, a really, you know, like, a good movie and things like that, and it's always kind of, like, the kind of things that you would see in the Oscars, and I've sort of started to rethink, like, well, maybe, maybe the Oscars and what the Oscars considers to be a good movie, even though a lot of times they are pretty good movies, like, really different I don't know, you know, everyone has, it's all, it's, it's opinion based and I don't want to treat, I don't know if the Oscars treats it kind of like it's objective, I don't know, it's just the Academy's opinion, I guess, yeah. whoever they are. I think we know how I feel about the best film musical category. Yeah, that one's kind of a hot, hot mess, but, um, yeah, there are some, some weird things. Not like, last year. No, what one last year, Coco? Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. That, I'm still stuck in, like, 2018. Coco. Um, did Coco win? Coco won instead of Boss Baby. Yeah, Boss Baby. <laughs> which I was so thankful, even though I didn't see Coco until last summer. Mm -hmm. Which was another thing we watched. Yeah, I forgot Coco. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, um do you oh, want to yeah. get into the main subject? Or? Or we haven't discussed this year's uh, nominees. We could do that. I mean, I didn't think there, we haven't seen most of them, so did you just want to discuss what you think <laughs> about them from having not seen sure. them? Um, well, I know, okay, so. What do you feel about the Joker? Joker. Joker. Is it, is it Joker or is it It's just Joker. Joker. Just Joker, okay, fine. Um, I am not sure how I feel about it because I was looking forward to it um, as it was coming out. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it as it was coming out. I knew it was going to be, I think, I had a pretty good idea it was going to be R-rated when they announced it, because they... Which isn't they, necessarily a bad thing. No, and I knew they were going for a much grittier, like, from the beginning, they were kind of, like, announcing that it was going to be, like, a. they were going for a kind of a Scorsese uh, crime film sort of tone, which I sort of thought was kind of really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think it did kind of achieve that. And it obviously was really successful. I think it's like the highest grossing R-rated movie ever at this point. Um, yeah, and so... So, I think... Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, basically, I think once it came out and... And I started kind of hearing about... The content. The content. Not that, you know, I expected... I expected a little more mature content in it, obviously, but I guess when it comes down to it, the movie itself is sort of, it's, you know, it follows, it it's, follows... It's not very redemptive at all. Like, there's not a lot of redeeming from what I understand. Well, yeah, I mean, the movie, it's basically just an observation of really Joaquin Phoenix's, of, yeah, of this, this character who has mental illness and he has a really hard life and people mistreating him and then eventually he snaps and it's very taxi driver i mean not that i've even seen that either but from what i understand a taxi driver yeah it's i mean it basically very inside his head it, it's all about him going you know just de degrading insane. yeah degrading until he becomes a murderer and it's just it's very it is very cynical and it is very there's not really any redemptive qualities to it other than you know, the yeah. director, I think, said it was, he considered it a cautionary tale or something, which is really, it's, that's kind it's of vague. It's kind of convenient. Well, like, you, it, 
it is kind of a cop-out for a lot of directors to include graphic material without justifying it properly, because they can be like, well, it's a commentary on why it's wrong, and it's not like that's always impossible, but mm -hmm. it is kind of easy to just throw whatever you want in the movie and have your own justification be, well, it's the cautionary tale, it's not serious, mm -hmm. but, you know, and I mean, especially with all the violence and like that, I mean, you know, it is kind of glorifying the violence that comes out of mental illness sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that the director himself would say that it's glorifying violence, but it definitely, there is, from what I understand about it, again, I haven't, you know, it's been out for months, I haven't seen it, but... Well, he definitely wouldn't. He um, just thinks it's a, you know, cautionary tale, like I said. From what I understand about it, it, it does sort of... I don't know. It does sort of portray him as we're talking about this way too long. But it, it does sort of portray <laughs> him as sort of an anti-hero, maybe. Yeah. Because I heard about, you know, there were tons of stories, like you know, several different theaters where the scenes where he does end up murdering um, people, and you know, from what I understand in the movie, there it's not exactly like he's just murdering innocent people who didn't do anything to him like they were in the movies since they sort of had it coming but um but people were applauding people theater. were applauding these extremely like from what, i don't know how graphic it is but it's violent it's anyway. violent either way he was murdering people and people were applauding which applauding. can kind of work into your subconscious yeah anyway they were yeah anyway we can move on now yeah point is i was looking forward to it but as with most of these r-rated comic book movies I, I i end up either not watching them or putting them off for a long time um, and i'm not i'm still trying i'm still debating that anyway uh 1917 looks good i'm excited i've heard good things about that um i kind of i kind of groan when i see newer movies nominated because there's so many but it is a genre but um, you've you've said something about the notable thing about it being the the continuous takes or the illusion of continuous takes. Yeah, the one thing that I've heard, and the one thing that really piqued my interest about it is apparently, and I say apparently, it's been it's out, so there's plenty of people who know this for sure. But um, it it is all seemingly shot in one take throughout the entire movie, which I've never seen anything like that before. In, in, at least in like a full-length movie, I've never mm -hmm. heard of that. Um, so yeah, that really intrigues me about it. Which that's it, even if the warm, even if the story itself isn't entirely original, that at I least feel visually... like that's the type of thing because the Academy can be a little gimmicky sometimes. So mm -hmm. if there's something kind of not to dismiss it by calling it gimmicky, but it is it's a trick or mm -hmm. a notable thing about it, they they like. Do you think that we're going to start seeing like a bunch of movies that are all filmed in one take now? I don't know. Possibly. Because <laughs> if this gets popular, then that's It might be an happens. idea that people get in their head. But with The Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese and a movie that is mimicking Scorsese have both been nominated. Yeah. Was he, was he a producer on Joker? Possibly. I so can't remember. Had his hands on that in some way. Bradley Cooper was a producer on Joker, oddly enough. Huh. Weird. Yeah. He, he's been directing stuff lately, hasn't he? Well, he was... Todd Phillips directed Joker, and he also directed the Hangover movies. So that's well, I know why. Bradley Cooper has directed... Has he well, directed yeah, he has. A Star is Born? Yes. Okay. No. Yes? I think he I did. Know. I think he did. Maybe. Anyway. Um, I like Martin movies but i don't know how this is gonna be it i wonder if it's a little too glory daisy you know because him and his he's got his original crew in it from all his iconic movies and so i don't Wh know which are which are it's got robert de nino de, de, nino. Nino. <laughs> de, Nier de nino robert de niro and uh, al pacino de pesci who else uh, harvey Keitel is he in it i don't He's probably in it. Um, a bunch of old people who were in gangster movies. Yeah, his gangster movies. 
So I don't I don't know if it's fresh or not. Um, we haven't seen it anyway. Uh, uh, I mean it's got a claim because every Martin Scorsese movie gets critical acclaim, yeah. which again I do really. Maybe it's just because he's a household name. Because that's what a lot of people. Well, I don't know. There's... Of the movies of his that I've seen, I do like them a lot. Yeah. Um, but it does get to that point to where it's kind of like, well, of course Martin's whatever movie he directs. Well, I say that, but Silence wasn't nominated. We didn't even watch Silence. No, we haven't seen Silence. <laughs> I can't think of it that but Silence came out, and it wasn't nominated for Best Picture or anything. I think it, it got at least one Oscar nod. We but sound it like we're really good at discussing movies. Yeah, we really haven't seen Really bad at watching them, <laughs> which is true. Um, but yeah, The Irishman, I don't think, just given our... I haven't heard a lot of buzz about it. I... I I kind of have, but just given given our taste in content in movies, in terms of um, language and other things like that, it's it is chock full. So I would I would say we're probably not going to watch it. Jojo Rabbit, I'm excited for that. Yeah, Jojo. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah. So Jojo Rabbit. Um, yeah, I'm Looks excited awesome. for that too. I think it's a fun idea. Yeah. Which is interesting, considering it's about Hitler. It's about Hitler, but you know, maybe I think it's. I believe it touches on just kind of kids' innocence because it's a German boy, isn't it, who imagines Hitler being his imaginary friend. It's. It takes place in the forties, I think, and it's yeah. one of those like Nazi camps for kids, like Nazi camps for kids. That they yeah, were basically Hitler like, youth. Yeah, the Hitler youth and this kid. Yeah, the, this kid. Um, I don't really know much of the premise. It's it's. I believe it's it's just Hitler being his imaginary friend. Yeah, I just did, I wasn't sure like what the main story was though. Other than yeah. that, it looks fun. It's take over TD and whatever he Which does that's is only, good. Yeah, that's the only reason I think <laughs> that the only take away TD playing. Yes, as a, he's half Polynesian Jewish. He's half Polynesian Jewish, and he did no research for the role of Hitler whatsoever. Because Hitler doesn't deserve it. <laughs> because, yes. And I don't want to quote his, what yeah. exactly what he said. I'm actually not sure exactly what he said, but. Probably pretty profane. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that's, that's fun. That's good. Yep. Um, let's just get through the rest of these pretty quickly. Once upon so. a time in Hollywood. Probably not going to watch that one again. A lot of content. Tarantino. Yeah. Um, Never seen any of his movies. No. Yep. Uh, what's next? Um, Parasite. I have no Parasite. clue what that's about. I think it has Aquafina in it. Does it? Yes. I think it look Okay, so it might be one of those. Cause I think it, it's a foreign language film. It sounds familiar, and it, it, it is either just a foreign language film, or it's a remake of a foreign language. I think it's a foreign language film because I was listening to NPR and they were talking about the Oscars and they were saying if it wins, it'll be the first foreign language film to win. Really? I so is it not? Right, this is I, the first foreign language. This isn't the first one to be nominated no, for Best Picture. Not. But if it wins, it will be. I just saw one of those things say, but yeah. It's got 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um. So, I'm not sure why I can't find. Well, we're looking for that. Zachary, do you think the Academy is too much of a boys club? And do you think that they're too old? I don't know who's in the Academy, so I cannot comment. Well, you're in it for life. They were also talking about this on the radio. If you're in it for life, you literally have to die to get out of it. And there's thousands of them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> And I think most of them have been in there for a pretty long time. I don't really understand it. Anyway, Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, that looks good. I've heard a lot of people, like, the first thing they'll say about it is, like, man, it's good, even if you don't like cars. And I was like, I I didn't think that that was a requirement. I honestly had no clue what, I thought it was, I thought it was, like, a rivalry between two race car drivers, because mm -hmm. I never watched the trailer, um, and then yeah. apparently it's. It is 
I'm still not, again, I don't know what half of these movies we're talking about or even about, but, you know, it's got Christian Bale, it's got Matt Damon, so, I don't know. Yep, that's good. Okay. Uh, Little Wind. Little, Little Wind, yeah. I'm, we'll talk okay, about oh, that I'll later. save that, yeah. Okay. We just said Little Women for those Little women. Whoever couldn't hear the rambling. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway. So that's that's the best picture nominees. And we may watch some more of those or try to before the Oscars. So now that we're past that, um, we wanted to discuss some of our picks for our favorite movies that both came out last year and just movies that we watched last year that we really liked um and since i think i watched more i actually i watched more movies that actually came out in 2019 than you did i think um so um we can just discuss movies that we liked in general but let's just go through the ones that just came out last year that we really liked um do you want to Sure. Mentioned. Is there an order that you wanted to mention them in, or is it just in general? Uh, in general, well, my top three, because I mean that's all I, that's all this week. Let's just go one at a time. Yeah. So Little Women was my favorite. I watched it. Um, we're recording Monday night. I watched it Friday night, and I went to the Bell Court in Nashville with some friends. And I didn't want to go for any other reason than to check it out because I knew we would be going in the future. Little Women's showing everywhere. Um, but I just wanted to check out the Bell Court and see what it was like. Uh, so it's like an art house theater. And so we went in. Which I love, by yeah. the way. I know people make fun of art house theaters, but I it's love a, the idea. It's a it. nonprofit. So it's supporting the arts. So that's good. Um, and it's, it's a lot of things that would be hard to see. Um, if not for the theater, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, but anyway, we went to go see it, and I was just thinking it was going to be normal. I was really questioning if we should have driven all the way to Nashville to go see it. Um, but in the intro, when it was talking about how the billboard doesn't allow, you know, cell phones and all that stuff, it was like this film will be screened on 35 millimeter, and then the projector fired up, and I was like, what? So I've never seen anything on film before, and that added so much. Um, it was just a really, really good movie. Um, and for those who might not understand the whole 35 yeah. millimeter thing. So everything's on digital now. Uh, it's filmed digitally and screened digitally instead of... Which means the, not literally film. Yeah. Like the... When we say film, like we're saying film. literally strips of film, little... Whatever you call it, like yeah, it's just done cells, with computers now. Light shining through stuff, a million little cells that are running through a projector, projecting yeah. that onto the screen. That's you know. Yeah, and the, and at theaters they don't. I'm not really sure what they use, but they don't. They used to have film cans that would be shipped in that they would have mm-hmm. to use. Um, but that just made it so. Now they just send a USB in an envelope. I don't I know what they do. Yeah. Um. But that made it so beautiful. I loved the movie. Um, it was shot out of sequence. I had some friends that went with me that were very unfamiliar with the movie, and I was like, "It'll be fine, you know. You'll you'll just get the gist of it." And then I was like, "This is the worst possible way they could have encountered it the first time, because they have no clue that this is very much out of order." But I thought it kept it fresh because there's been so many adaptions, especially in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um. Greta Gerwig's awesome. The shots were awesome. Uh, one of which I just I didn't want to pass this up. One of which you were a part of. Oh yeah, I was in Little Women. I was mm-hmm. I was Beth. And you did really well, yeah. considering it was your only, like non-church play that you've ever done. Um, yeah, and Saoirse Ronan's awesome. Laura Dern's awesome. She was Marmy. Saoirse Ronan was Joe. Emma Watson was Meg. Um, and there were some girls. Women who I am not familiar with who were Beth and Marmy. Um, yeah, and Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, she wasn't nominated as far as I know. She was. She's uh, definitely gonna be there. She was Aunt March. She's gonna be there in her seat. In her she definitely seat. has a seat that yes. is like 
that has her name plastered on it along with Tom Hanks and yeah. Steven Spielberg. So, uh, the film made it beautiful, especially the beach scenes. It made just everything, like all the colors, just look beautiful. And so mm -hmm. that was a really cool experience. And the movie was just great in general. Um, yeah, I thought it was the best adaption. I haven't seen any of the film adaptions, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, I love So, you that. can't really say that it's the best adaption. I feel like I know. Because watched. then, I, I feel like the 90s one wasn't as experimental as this one. I definitely have, uh, I don't know if you call it biased, uh, an added experience of having watched it on film. So there's that. But mm -hmm. it was my favorite movie that came out last year. It barely came out last year. It started, it aired. It came out it on premiered. the 21st. It premiered on the 21st. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. I recommend it to anyone. It was so good. Yeah, and I passed on it because I just. You weren't invited. <laughs> I, well, I wasn't invited, but I also just, I gave, I gave in to my natural guy inclinations and did not go see Little Women because it didn't sound fun, but now I kind of want to see it. Um, yeah. At least just so I can see all the Best Picture nominees, but I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. Anyway. So. And uh, my second, I mean, you can, we can go back and forth on this. Okay. I will. One of my top three from last year was Avengers Endgame, um, and I know that there, you know, there are mixed feelings on the Marvel movies and whether they count as real movies and whether they're theme park movies. But I mean, and all of those things are. I'm not going to defend them and say that they are just like some sort of high art or anything like that. But if I'm going to be honest and say like what movie out of the movies that I most enjoyed last year. I mean, Avengers Endgame was essentially, it had a lot riding on it. Because, I mean, it was, it's essentially the final movie in, it's the culmination of, like, 11 years worth of, like, this, this, these movies that have been coming out of this story that has been building over all this time. So it had a lot riding on it. And for it to be as, I mean, I honestly thought that just, in terms of, like, balancing all of the characters, the story, you know, it was three hours long, so they had a lot to put in there. Um, tying up, you know, I'm sure it didn't tie up every loose end, but just in terms of everything, I felt like it was just a a perfect Marvel movie, hmm. um, a perfect superhero movie, because it was, it was fun, it was, I'm a, I mean, I guess that's all I can say about it, is it was just a really fun movie, but, you know, yeah. it had like the, its emotional moments it had you know um i'm still not going to spoil anything because <laughs> i i don't believe in spoiling anything People no matter how very long. very thoroughly game yeah but i will say you know there was a lot of um you know a lot of the characters who have been in the series for a long time it definitely you know they got their moments and it definitely um i don't know what i'm trying to say here Close things up there was a lot on of, this chapter. There was there was closure, yes. There was yeah. a lot of good closure and it wrapped things up well um for this phase of these movies. Yes. Of course they're gonna continue, but yeah, it was just overall um just really good for what it was. Yeah. Well my uh second best of the year, and this is best of the ones that came out in twenty nineteen for both of us. I think we already said that. But um I'm just saying that because uh, I didn't have too much time to reflect on everything that I watched last year. I feel like there might have been some that I liked that came out last year that I uh, didn't mention, but um, yeah, I just didn't have too much time to reflect. Nevertheless, this was very good, I thought, um, and it was adopted highly with some content, and I found it because I work at a library, and it was uh, one of our new new movies anything about it. I thought it was super weird that it was Blumhouse because it's not a horror movie. Um, yep. It's about Ethan Hawke. Oh, Blumhouse. Again, yeah, we don't Blum want to skip over that. Blumhouse primarily produces horror, horror movies yeah. and so for the this is not a horror movie by any stretch. So. No. It was really good. I feel like um, 
I like movies that it feels like kind of a celebration of the not to jump into the description before I've even defined it, but it it felt like a celebration of like more everyday things because it doesn't have like a ambitious plot. Well, can you describe yeah. the plot to us? Maybe we should have been describing plots of these movies. You can look it up. Anyway, we can start doing that from now on. Well, this what's the basic plot of Adopt the Highway? Basic just plot so people of know. Adopt the Highway is Ethan Hawke plays someone who was convicted at 15, I believe. Um, I think it was around, he was a teenager, and he was, it was a third time offense um, for carrying around a very small amount of do, do, do you want me to just read it? I mean, I can, I can just breeze over it, but okay. he was convicted of carrying around a very small amount of marijuana, and he was in prison for 25 years, mm-hmm. and so he's basically middle-aged at this point. No, um, he is middle-aged. He is middle-aged point. at this point. And so he's getting back into society and having a very hard transition with that. And in the midst of that, he finds a baby in a dumpster and he thinks it's a hope for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lots of other things happen throughout the movie. But... Well, I'll just go ahead and skip to this one because I was trying to figure out if I wanted to this, this is also um, in my top three of last year, so I'll just go ahead and, and talk about it as well. Um, yeah, I think, and I was debating on whether I wanted to put this in my top three because I didn't, I had mixed feelings on it. I think as a movie overall, I kind of was struggling to, by the end of it, was trying to struggle as to, there wasn't like a clear... It's one of those movies where there's not a clear path that it's following. Like you're not, it's not exactly, and not in the way that it's like, oh, it's, oh, it's so unpredictable. Like it's so fresh and original. It's like, I wasn't entirely, you know, cause it's not, it's, this is like, so, so not typical that you're just not sure what is going to be the resolution or where the movie's yeah. going in general, which is not a bad thing. I wasn't thing. sure when it was going to end. Um, yeah. And that's not a bad thing at all. Um, but I think because of that, um, I just had some more mixed feelings on it. But overall, I sort of, I don't know, I, two of these movies, this one and the, my next one that I included, um, I think I just wanted to, I think I consider them the best ones that I watched because they got me thinking about... The issues. way that I, yeah, certain issues and the way that I treat certain people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, with the Doctor Highway, it was basically, you know, Ethan Hawke. Like you said, he's been released from prison, and he basically doesn't. For a lot of the movie, he doesn't really have a home, mm-hmm. or I think he does. He's like staying in a motel, but he's kind of just dumped back in. Yeah, he's dumped back in, and I think that was the thing throughout all of it. Not just that he's homeless, but just the way that because he's an ex-con, um, he struggles. He's really, he's really not a bad guy, and but because he's an ex-con, there's kind of this like, st- and there's kind of like this thing that like people just treat him. There's, yeah, there's a stigma to it because you know people they don't outwardly treat him. Um. Badly. Yeah, they're, they're not outly hostile towards him, and I think that's the thing that was really kind of, like, hit home with me, is because they're not outwardly hostile to them, but you can tell every time that he speaks with someone, or he tries to, you know... They're very he, suspicious the, of him. The way that, yeah, the way that people... There's always Pretend. just this kind of, like, pretentiousness, or the... Not even pretentiousness, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it's also what he's an ex-con for. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's a law that's not in place anymore, but it is um, it is interesting what we send people to prison for, like um, drug addicts and you know people who are that young. I'm not I'm not gonna touch on that too much, but um, it's something to think about whether or not that um, that deserves prison or some other kind of rehabilitation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that was really good. I didn't good. know you were going to go into that, but yeah. 
And that's what I was thinking about the whole time. It, it completely derailed his life. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, and, well, and I guess back to what I was saying about, like, how it kind of made me start thinking was there's a point in the movie where he's laying, I forget exactly where it is, but he's basically either traveling or something, but he's, you know, he's not, he doesn't have a home at, the, at that point. He is laying, he's basically sleeping outside of this place using a the bag that I think he's like carrying his clothes in or something like a trash bag as a pillow. And it made me realize that like, oh, you know, these people that you see on the side of the road when you see these people like homeless people and things like that, you know, seeing it from his perspective throughout the entire movie, like, you know who he is, you know he, his situation, and just the way that he is treated by people, because I think he gets run off at that point, like, he gets run off by whoever, you know, like a groundskeeper or something like that, or like a security guard, um, and I don't know, it just made me think about how we treat people that are homeless or, like, you know, ex-cons or ex- On you know, the fringes of society. Yeah. Anyway. Um, like, and you got to see a story in a way that you don't get to see anywhere else that you just happen to see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, what was your next movie? Next movie, did you not want to take your next one? That was my next one. Oh, your next one. That okay. was one of my next ones. Peanut Butter <laughs> Falcon was my next one, which is one that you pushed more. Um, for us to watch, it was your idea. Because mm -hmm. um, so. I'm a big fan of, I, I followed Shia, I, I've intermittently followed Shia LaBeouf's so story, his his saga over the years, and from, from kind of being the Transformers guy to going crazy. Having some he, rough, rough patches. Having some life. rough patches, doing weird art installations, and then drug art. problems. And being arrested there. multiple times, blah blah blah, possibly um, giving his life to Christ at one point, which I'm yeah. not sure where he stands on not that. Not always a linear path for people. Yeah, and so I'm not sure where he stands on that now, um, but I've still kind of kept up with him. He's an interesting guy to watch and a good actor for sure. He is a good actor, um, which you wouldn't expect. Like I wouldn't have expected it given the first few. He was coming out with, but um, yeah, I think people can make good choices when they don't care. <laughs> yeah, in uh, films, mm -hmm. but um, I like it a lot. I like anything. It kind of ties into the documentary. I like the stories of people that society typically ignores, um, because I think that we see the the grand moments of people's lives. We see famous people. Um, biopics, anything like that. Um, but I like, I like the movies where people are, um, yeah, on the fringes of society, or they're forgotten or misunderstood. Um, and they're the people that we wouldn't often give dignity and honor to. So, before you go on with that. Probably define the movie. <laughs> what is Peanut Butter Falcon about, Lee? It is about a man with Down syndrome. It's Down Syndrome. Down Syndrome. He was basically um, shuffled away by the government into into a retirement home, even though he was a man. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dakota... No, that's not her name. What is her name? I think it's I Dakota it. Johnson. Yes. She plays his social worker. Mm -hmm. um, and he loves wrestling, and he wants to go to this wrestling school um, and he's trying to get there at any cost even though he's kind of involuntarily held in this uh, retirement home. Yes and he runs into, I'll just read the synopsis. Yeah. So after running away from a residential nursing home to pursue his dream of becoming a pro wrestler, the man who has Down syndrome befriends an outlaw who becomes his coach and ally. So that's where Shia LaBeouf comes in. He's kind of like a a fisherman or a crab fisherman who is basically um, poaching other people's uh, other people's traps and things like that, and sort of has to go on the run himself and runs into um, I think I don't remember what his name is in the movie. 
oh, it's Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy with Down syndrome. Yeah. Because I think the, the actor's name actually is Zach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he runs into him. I think this uh, is his first movie, too. Yeah. It is. It's a very good And yeah, he did absolutely, like, that's the, yeah, that's the thing that kind of blew me away, is just that he, this is an actual guy with Down syndrome, and he does an incredible job in the movie. Yeah, um, I like it because, especially, I mean, I won't dice words right now, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of dignity that's not being given to certain people. Um, I think it speaks to the honor that we need to give to every life. Um, and I think that, you know, any good movie does that. Um, so... My next one is also the Peanut Butter Falcon, so we can continue this conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really like this movie, too, obviously. Um, and... Yeah, and uh, for exactly the same reason as The Doctor Highway, this was the other one that I watched this year that just kind of, like, made me realize, or made me rethink the way that I see with Down syndrome and the way that I see people with mental issues in general, like that are similar mental issues. Disabilities. Um, yeah, disabilities. Um, and just, yeah, just the dignity that he's treated with, because I think there's one, without spoiling anything, there's at one point in the movie after um, after Zach and Shia LaBeouf's character, um, after they have been traveling for a little while, and um, Dakota Johnson's character comes back into the picture, she kind of starts going back into her old ways of treating him. Not that she treated him badly, but she was definitely a very, Overprotective. Like, overprotective. Which she, was partially her job. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was her job, she but was his she nurse. also cares about him. She was his nurse, and she did care about him, but she did sort of treat him like... Less than person. an adult. Yeah, like a person with Down syndrome, like someone who is more of a child. So... Um, and didn't give him as much freedom or dignity as Shia LaBeouf does in the movie. Like, he basically gets to the point that he just treats him just like anybody else. Like, he doesn't talk down to him. He doesn't, yeah. um, you know, he doesn't keep him from doing anything that he would do. Um, he is protective of him, but, you know, he just, and, he doesn't treat him, like, less than. Yeah. So. And in both of these movies, it goes without saying, you can have a beautiful movie that can kind of, gloss over this, the challenges that are very real um, in real life because it um, I think in both ways there's a lot of regulatory stuff involved that mm-hmm. is is necessary so um, that stuff is really tough uh, but even in the midst of that you know we won't we don't want to ignore that there are tough decisions that need to be made but um, the dignity that these both both give to people on the fringes of society is, is a good reminder and a good inspiration for me. And as Christians, that's what we we need to give. I mean, we're all made in the image of God, and so we're, we're image bearers. And so everyone, regardless of status, has the same, deserves the same respect um, and the same honor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's the, I don't know, and like you said, that's the takeaway from both of these. It's just the dignity that God gives everyone, no matter, because mm-hmm. there's no distinction. Yeah. And you know, they're good wake-up calls, because you can get so into your own busy head. You can not even see these people when they're right in front of you. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, is, like, there is, I work with several people that, um, that, you know, one person has Down syndrome, another person, ha- another person that I work with has, uh, you know, different disabilities, um, you know, different the disabilities that affect them mentally, physically, mm-hmm. um, and it just kind of makes me think about how I even speak to them, um, mm-hmm. based, you know, like, and how I would speak to anybody else. Yeah. Not that I, again, not that I treat them, less not than. that I try to treat them less than or anything like that, but, you know, just the tone that you speak to them with or yeah. the, um, the, you know, the things that you talk to them about or yeah. things like that, you know, you can't just assume that they don't understand as well as you do just because they have, you know, a disability. Right. So, 
Right. Um, I guess we could get into our just overall favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I could start with Big Fish. That was one that I watched last summer. I think it's an early 2000s uh, Tim Burton movie. And, oh gosh, let me see if I can find one. I'm joking. Um, Big Fish. Do you want me just to read the synopses? Sure, and then I can kind of... Off of yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Big Fish, when Edward Bloom becomes ill, his son, William, travels to be with him. William has a strange relationship with Edward because his father has always told exaggerated stories about his life, and William thinks he's never told the truth. Um, Even on his deathbed, Edward recounts fantastical anecdotes. When William, who is a journalist, starts to investigate his father's tales, he begins to understand the man and his penchant for storytelling. Yeah. So, So, Ewan McGregor plays a young, um, gosh, I've already forgotten his name. Uh, Edward. Edward. Yes, he plays young Edward. Um, and so the movie, I, I think we meet them when Edward is older and, mm-hmm. and possibly dying, most definitely dying. Um, and his son has a lot of resentment toward him because he feels he's always tried to upstage kind of the best moments in his life. Even at his wedding, he keeps telling the same story of the time he caught this gigantic fish with just his wedding ring. Mm-hmm. and his son doesn't believe any of the stories. I'm I'm not sure. I'm pretty. I feel like the movie leaves it open ended whether any of these stories are really true. Mm-hmm. But um, throughout the movie, um, he's on his deathbed, and so he's he's going over his life and um, whether true or not, just the accounts of of what happened are, are wild. As hell. I think it's mm-hmm. shot beautifully. Um, it's in a lot of very springtime scenes, and Ewan McGregor is very talented. Um, as always. And um, he's, he chased the love of his life, he stows away on ships, and goes across the world and does all this crazy stuff. And it's, it's, uh, it's a sunny Tim Burton movie, which he did sometimes in the 90s. Yeah, how would you say compared to most Tim Burton movies that you see? I think it's the sunniest I've ever seen. Well, not just in sunny. I just mean in general. Uh, I like it. Because um, I know, I, you know, everyone has their opinion uh, on Tim Burton, of course. I, I like, I like Tim Burton. I like Corp- Corpse Bride, and I like Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, Beetlejuice? I like Beetlejuice, and it doesn't I really like compare Beetle to Beetle them. Beetle. You don't like Beetlejuice? I don't like Beetlejuice. It I doesn't don't. really compare to them. It's kind of like a normal movie. It has a lot of quirky elements, which is how it ties to Tim Burton's style, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a really sweet story about um, family and life and growing up jazz. So, but uh, another one of mine, whatever happened to Baby Jane? That's a really old one. <laughs> Not really, it's sixties. Um, mm-hmm. But that is Joan Collins and Joan Collins and Betty Davis. Betty Davis is a former child star. Uh, named Baby Jane Hudson, who has a really disastrous life, doesn't really do anything successful as an adult, and she Mm -hmm. has a sister, played by Joan Collins, who does have success kind of as a professional adult actress. And um, Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford, sorry. I knew Joan Collins didn't sound right. Uh, Joan Crawford is her sister who has success as an adult. Um... She has an accident that leaves her wheelchair-bound, Joan Crawford, um, and so uh, Baby Jane is is her caretaker, and it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's I don't know what you call it a thriller. It's like a Hitchcock-esque thriller. Yeah, it's it's re- I mean, Baby Davis is pretty terrifying. She's pretty yeah. She's pretty awful. I think. I mean, they're both they're not. Neither one is perfect, but she's. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting when when you have those old Hollywood actresses who might not have necessarily gotten the chance to display how talented they were. Um, they did in their own way in certain movies um, mm-hmm. of their prime, but uh, I think once you have those old Hollywood actresses, when you get into the sixties and seventies, when uh, the doors kind of flew open for cinema in certain ways, 
it's interesting to see what they end up doing. Um, mm-hmm. They they really go beyond the stereotype of just kind of a demure actress in the in the old Hollywood flicks. That's always intrigued me, and I've always wondered about that, like what the transition might have been for certain actors and actresses who went through so many different phases of of movie making and yeah. different styles. Um, like Clint Eastwood, for instance, I think about him a lot, to where he went from like you know westerns and like spaghetti westerns, spaghetti westerns, and like that old style of acting to like you know he's obviously an extremely talented director and actor still today. Um, so I just wonder, I always wonder, like, did they have to adjust to that? I mean, I'm sure they did. Wild for them because it. I mean, we all know that just because certain things were included in contemporary or um, then contemporary doesn't mean that that wasn't something that they wanted to put in, um, but it's it's a really interesting movie, and just, um, yeah, I don't know if I can expand on that, but I really liked it, but, um, okay. Citizen Kane, we both had, um, we finally watched it last summer, I wanted to watch it before it turned 18, that was a random goal, but, um, we had finally watched it, and in addition to... You know, all the things are true. The um, the camera styles, the shots, everything was completely inventive. Um, and something that we completely take for granted. Like in music, the Beatles completely blew everything out of the water. Um, with certain things that we take for granted now, it's the same with Citizen Kane and Home, and everyone pretty much knows it. But it's a good movie in general. The story is good. Um... I feel like I feel like we're a broken record, but it's just it's just an interesting case study of someone's life. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dad had an interesting take on it. Dad doesn't normally. Yeah, let's just say that the <laughs> most notable thing from the most this notable movie. critique of it uh, from our dad, who's who's talking about Rosebud. I don't know. Can we spoil Rosebud? Uh, we don't have to. We don't have to. I'm not going to spoil anything. He had a very insightful comment on it, and he normally has somewhat of a hard time. I mean, Dad just enjoys movies. He doesn't really think he too deeply movies. about them, and he, he he'll admit that. So yeah. it's not there's nothing wrong with it. No, just, he just doesn't. But he he really yeah. dug into that one after afterward. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah. But uh, First Man was another one we watched. I was really excited for Mom to watch this because her niche genre is underdog space movies underdog space movies yes october sky october sky hidden figures and this i'm not sure if we we need to find others for her but um i was super excited when this came out because how many things come out that fit into my mother's incredibly specific genre and so um it was really good there were some shots that i loved i think i love cinematography a lot um Mm -hmm. And there were just some shots that, that I thought, um, I guess we can just kind of talk more about it. It's, it's about Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's home life and stuff going on around the moon landing. Um, or was it the moon Yeah. Yeah, it was the moon landing. It was the moon landing. Yeah, um, yeah all the drama around that. And so, yeah, there were some shots that I loved. There was one where he's standing in the yard and he looks over and Claire Foy is looking at him through the window, and I love that one. I don't know why. That it's, sounds really weird. It's 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 out hard to it is out of context. It's hard to explain. I don't remember that. I love when I watch something in a movie, like I watch a shot, and it looks like it looks like things that I see in real life. If mm-hmm. it's if it's that's kind of hard to explain, but I, I look at something and I identify with it. Like that's how you kind of just glance over it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it always strikes me when I see things like that. And so that was in that. And yeah. that was good. It was good. I did not include that one. But, yeah. Um, uh, okay. So best in general. And again, the section that we are in, we're not really very clearly defining our um, segments here. Yeah. But what we're discussing at the moment are just best movies that we watched last year, not necessarily ones that came out last year. So, I finally watched the Rocky movies this year. Um, I've liked them for a long time, for the record. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I finally got around to them, um, and I think I really enjoyed 
Rocky and Rocky 2. Um, I think I enjoyed Rocky 2 more than Rocky 1, although I'll admit that watching Rocky 1, I wasn't having the best experience that day, so I may have to go back and watch it. Um, but it, I think overall, I'm going to just push them both together and say that they're basically kind of the same movie anyway in certain ways. So I'm just going to say Rocky slash Rocky 2. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Um, I feel like Rocky is kind of like the first one is in that brand of like really slow moving movies that take their time and just kind of show a regular person who doesn't really have very many remarkable things about This is him. about the third time you've said that. It is. Well, it's, it's something that I really, so. really like. Um, and it parallels Sylvester Stallone's experience at the time as well, so that mm-hmm. kind of enhances it for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, one that I watched that I really enjoyed was called Only the Brave, um, which this was like the story of, um, I, I don't know specifically the, let me look I'll it up real synopsis. quick. Yeah, I will read the synopsis. Okay, so it's got Josh Brolin, um, Miles Tyler. Teller, Jennifer Connelly, Jeff Bridges, Taylor Kitsch. Demi Moore. Was Demi Moore in it? I think so. Why am I thinking of Jennifer Connelly? I'm pretty sure Demi Moore was in it. Uh. Demi Moore was not. Oh, never mind. No. Um, anyway, so take your pick of just really good actors in this. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's the story of, let's see if I can get back to the synopsis here. So basically, it is the, the real-life story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, who were, uh, it says, one of the most elite firefighting teams in the United States. And they were basically fighting the massive um, forest fires in Arizona. And I don't know, I guess it was just one of those movies that I turned on, we turned on, and I just wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect from it, but it was just really, it was just really good. I think I was watching Ghost um, while you were watching that. Yeah, it's Ghost making Which it on Which does have Demi Moore. I liked Ghost, it was one of the Maybe fun- that's why you thought she was in. Probably. I was watching Ghost, and I saw Jennifer Connelly, and it diverged. Um, Ghost, and You've Got Mail, and Sleepless in Seattle, and Breakfast Club. The, I watched a lot of fun, and we watched Ferris Bueller last year, too. Yeah. We were going through That's a lot true. of That's really, really fun 80s and 90s movies. They just have something, like, really heartwarming and fun about them. Except Ferris Bueller. Except Ferris Bueller is a snot. It's good, but... Jesus, the message is questionable. Very bad. Bad genre. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Only the Brave was really good. Um, and lastly, Midnight Special was probably... I didn't get to see that one. That was a great movie. Michael um, Shannon. Michael Shannon. What a treasure that man is. <laughs> um, he... Yeah, it's Michael Shannon and who's my other favorite guy who's just turning up in these movies. Adam Driver, was he in it? Adam Driver was in it, yeah, he was great in it. Adam Driver's great, great. Adam Driver is even more of a treasure, I dare say. Yes. Um, but who else? What's his name? Joel Edgerton. That's the guy. Yeah. He, he keeps turning up in movies like, that I like. He was in, um, am, I, am I thinking wrong, or was he in what was the movie before him? He was. Um, it Comes at Night. It Comes at Night. Yeah, which I, I really liked that one. I don't think I watched that one last year. Maybe I did. I think you did. That was a big year last year. Yeah. Um, That one was good, too. Um, But I would say Midnight Special was better. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just... It introduced me to the director, Jeff Nichols, who as soon as it... You know, you're... I don't know. There are just some movies that as soon as it comes on, I'm just, I just know I'm in love with it from the minute it comes on, like, just, I'm just locked in, like, and I can't exactly explain why I like, why I like the movie so much, or, like, what it is that's just catching my attention so much, but it's kind of like how I used to, and how I, I say used to, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike Christopher Nolan, but, 
but it's kind of like how Christopher Nolan was to me when I really first started paying attention to filmmaking. Um, Christopher Nolan was that kind of, his movies were just like so captivating to me, and this this movie kind of reminded me of that. Um, anyway, not much to say, not much more I want to say about it other than it was just really good, and I definitely recommend um, that and and Mud, which we watched recently. Yeah. Another Jeff Nichols movie. Um, I, I wanted to include Mud, but I could, I watched it this year. I did not watch it last year, but I'll just say they're both great. Jeff Nichols is pretty good. I have, um, let's see, what, what do I have? I have one more best of 2019, or my favorite oh, okay. of 2019. Uh, is this favorite, or this is an honorable mention? No, and it is one of my favorites. Uh, watched it in December around Christmas. I think I was home alone for a bit, and I had been meaning to watch it. I love Kelly Newman, and he was in that. Um, he was in Cat on Hot Tin Roof. Haven't even say that again for those who can't. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. It is a Tennessee Williams play, um, and it has Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Burl Ives from Frosty the Snowman. From Frosty the Snowman? Yes. He's from... Is he in Frosty? I was thinking Rudolph. I think he's in... No, no. He might be in that too. Rudolph he is in. I think I might have gotten the he's, mixed up. He's, he's, done a, he's done a lot more. I'm sure he's a very distinguished actor and I'm completely reducing him to one role that singer. he did. He's a good singer. He's a good singer. He's an actor. He is a good um, southern uh, uh, plantation owner, too, or whatever, he, uh, dynasty uh, leader, patriarch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a good is, snowman. Yes, and a good snowman. Um, I like those movies from the 60s. I feel like it kind of might fit into uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane a little bit. It's kind of these isolated yell at each other and hash everything out movies mm-hmm. and so it was one of those i really liked the family dynamics um it's it's just a great movie and elizabeth taylor gets to show her um it was it was late 50s i think so she hasn't quite it wasn't like um whatever happened to no i was i was about to say whatever happened to baby jane again uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? I know she got a lot of awards for that, and that was into the '60s where she really got to play around a lot more. Um, but it's it's a really great movie. It's it's interesting in that it's it's basically an intervention. Paul Newman is I guess I didn't describe it either. Paul Newman. Uh, so the whole family, this whole fa- extended family, has gathered for the birthday of uh, Big Daddy. Who played by Burl Ives, and he is the patriarch of the Southern Dynasty. He is ill, and they believe he's dying, and so basically the whole family gathers together to kiss up to him as much as they can before he dies so they can get his inheritance. And that's Elizabeth Taylor's chief goal. Paul Newman doesn't really care. Um, He is an ex-football star, and he has... um, he has injured himself recently when the movie starts. Uh, he was jumping hurdles while he was drunk. He's also an alcoholic. Uh, he was jumping hurdles, broke his leg, and so he's kind of bound to a couch or limping around for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting in, in kind of the underlying family stuff that just kind of boils and it kind of explodes. So that one was really good. Right. I'll believe you. You believe me? On that. You don't want to watch it? I don't want to watch it. <laughs> okay. You got anything else? No. We have different tastes in movies. I think we'll admit that. We have a lot of overlap, but I think you're definitely more into the old, uh, yeah. older movies a little more than I am. Mm-hmm. Depending on what it is. All right. Um, but, uh, do we have anything else? Uh, I had a couple other things that I could mention, but I think gone on long enough. Long enough. Um, I'm, you know what? I'll just make people mad. I didn't like Top Gun. I watched Top Gun for the I first time. I loved Top Gun. I didn't like it. I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was 
confusing. It wasn't confusing. That's, well, that's really dumb. Good. It's not confusing at all, but that's I just good. didn't. I didn't. I, it wasn't 80s enough. Everyone was promising me it was going to be the most 80s movie I'd ever seen, and it wasn't 80s enough for me. Well, we can get, we can, we can look out for the new Top Gun and see if that's 80s enough. Yeah, that's what's disappointing is because I wanted to be like hyped for it, and I don't think I am. I don't know if I'm hyped for it, and I did like it anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're closing up on this one. That was yeah. our. Uh, the best movies of 2019 slash our favorite movies that we watched in 2019 slash a bunch of other stuff that we just slash did. a bunch of other weird Rambling rants weird. that we moved My in and out God. of with the grace <laughs> of a gazelle. Of an elephant in a china shop. Of yeah. a gazelle in a china shop. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, um, hopefully yeah. we'll record more of these at some point. Yeah, I think... We're not entirely sure of like a regular. Where this is going? Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> that too. But we're not entirely sure of a regular, um, regular schedule of releasing these or anything, or even, uh, even what maybe if we if we want to have like a more focused um, topic. Yeah, you know, focused topic or focus. Um, we'll definitely need to refine the, um, the subject matter. Yeah, I'm glad that you can. All of my sentences perfectly because I do tend to um, trail off. <laughs> I, I tend to trail off a lot, and I'll try to fix that too. But yeah, so and we'll also have a title. Yeah. Hopefully, by the time I put this up, we'll need to have a title of the um, episode and the podcast. Of the episode and the podcast. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening. Hope it wasn't too boring. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. That's, um, just, that's just my hope. Okay. Um. Anyway, thank you guys. Thank you. Happy movie watching. Happy life. Happy wife. Happy, happy life. life. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye. Bye.